Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm Tia. And this is the Journey to Transformation. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am good. Good? It feels like summer in London, doesn't it? (sighs) (laughs) British people can only ever talk about the weather. It's just sunny. It's great. It's not sunny. It was sunny today. Okay, I'm not talking about the weather with you. <laughs> what are we talking about today? So I think we're going to go back to our values, which I think is important. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No, but I think there's actually a really important point here about like how often you go back and revisit your values. And I think like as a consistent thing we talk about on this podcast, like going back to it, reflecting on how they materialize or not, it is a constant. And I think like something that we're learning through this podcast, the guests we speak to and our consultancy company, Jaron Y Consulting. Check us out at jaronyconsulting.com. <laughs> Is that like your values are just so constant. We are so conditional. I felt conditioned to set up values, look at them, you know, whenever they come up. But if you're really going to live them, suddenly every decision has to reflect on them. And I think that is like a really interesting learning for us. And so we wanted to kind of share a little bit some of the challenges we're facing in doing that. Because we did a hard thing, people. Yeah, it was really hard. We told two clients. We are not going to work this way. Which is really hard. Which was really hard because money. Right. There is this tension between like we need to live and we need the money, but we also don't want to do work that doesn't represent us. Okay. Let me set the scene. Set the scene. Okay. We have a number of projects on the go, which is really, really exciting for us. And we started working with a client way, 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 way back in December is when we were awarded the contract. It's now nearly June. I should also say that over time, the value of the contract has gotten smaller and smaller. If we had seen this project just by itself, we wouldn't have even put in a proposal for it because it doesn't meet the kind of threshold of projects that we want to do because in terms of like what we want to invest, the time we want to put into it, it's just too small an amount for us to be able to do our work well. The problem is we still want to do our work well, so we're basically working overtime to continue to do a job that they're paying us half for, basically. We are really committed to the project. We're committed to the thing that the organization does, something that we really believe in. It does align with our values, the work that they're doing. The problem is, is the way that we're being engaged with and interacted with is not aligned with our values. It's hard. Like the hard thing that we had to do was say, right, buy money. Well, we haven't said bye to the money. We said, we're not going to work this way anymore because it's not comfortable for us. It's not a, it's not an enriching environment for us to do our work. We've lost our independence. And as evaluators, we need that. And so we had to make a decision and say, you have two options, fuck off or fuck right off. (laughs) (laughs) She's joking. I'm just joking. We said, we're happy to look at a different configuration of team in the hopes that different personalities might be more mutually beneficial or we can stop our contract now. You raise an interesting point there about like the project as independent of how it's done or the organization and and the kind of target impact can align with your values. But if getting there is not aligning with your values, I feel like that's where people get stuck because you're like, oh, but the impact is going to be this. Like regardless of how you get there, people are going to be better served or whatever, whatever. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm using quotation marks, you know, and you have that in your mindset and you're like, well, it's okay. You know, it doesn't matter how we get there. This is going to be whatever. 
whatever impact on whatever people. And you get so blindsided by that, that actually how you get there is also key to how you demonstrate your values, not just the end goal. We've spoken about this way back, in fact. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> is what you're saying that it's the journey that matters? Oh my gosh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is your values cannot just be about the end goal. You have to live them on every single step of the way. Yeah. Every part of the journey. I feel like I've said this before. I've said this before in episode two. (laughs) But I think that that is like an interesting, it's also that tension between your saying actually this isn't working for us and stepping out of the space where what you do and what we do could be useful to whoever, you know, but should we be losing ourselves and what we represent on the way to getting there? No, that doesn't benefit anybody. We become less ourselves. The client doesn't have a great relationship or doesn't get the best out of us. And, you know, we want to, as you say, be collaborative, learn together, engage. And that is the best way to work with us. And organizations that I think we're finding have to be set up in a way to get the best out of us. And not every organization is set up like that. And we found that over time, you know, we can work with organizations who are not set up yet to work with us, but help them get there. But sometimes organizations are not also ready to go there with you. You're describing organizations as like autonomous entities, whereas I think it's actually people, right? Like it's when people have- (laughs) The voice of the organization. It's when people have protectionist attitudes Mm. when they are, I'm not necessarily just describing this particular organization. I'm describing a number of organizations. When people are protectionist, when people want to hold ground, when people just want us to reinforce their own thinking and beliefs, when people don't want to share their information or they think that, you know, their way is the only way, which is a particular sentiment that we hear a lot of like, okay, it's do it this way, or this is how it's done, as opposed to a recognition that getting to the end result happens in a number of different ways. And I absolutely agree with you. But the the point of that piece, right, for us is that as feminists, the other important part is well-being and that the process of engaging and learning together needs to be something that is like a healthy, comfortable, exciting, energizing space for everyone. For me, the thing that was hard is like prioritizing that and saying that it really, really matters that I am working with people who give me life. I still have chat GPT write emails because I just can't, I just don't want to engage with them at all. I'm like, here's what I have to say. Can you rewrite this email so it's not so mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but this is like, I think we're growing because I think like, at least I'll speak for myself, like the thought of doing that and letting go of a client for my own, for my own well-being our well-being felt really hard, you know, because the fear of like not having, not being able to support whatever that month or like, you know, having to over a couple of months cut out a few things. I know it's like, there's still massive privilege in that I'm able to do this and spend months without whatever. But like that, that tension, I think like one overrode the other and and shouldn't always be seen that way. Like the well-being piece could mean that you're more effective in getting additional work or that you're able to um, find a better client because you've got more energy or, you know, like I think there are things that feed each other that is hard to see when you're faced with those, that decision. I think it became easy to quantify the emotional strain 
<laughs> well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> because I would just sit there trying to figure out what to say or trying to respond or trying to explain why we want to do something in a particular way. And it's not like, it's not like, a, this was a very, uh, you know, it was missionary style evaluation. <laughs> Okay. Pretty vanilla. Not not too adventurous. <laughs> well, we had the adventure. You yeah. know, so it was very, 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 very vanilla. And I think that, you know, when we're saying this is what we're thinking or this is what we'd like to do or, you know, there was a point at which I just said, okay, let's just do whatever they want. And like, we, it's just not independent anymore. Like this is just basically like a thought piece for them. But even in that space, it was still like, okay, well, what are you envisioning? Even then it was like very difficult for them to, like, they wanted all the responsibility and to make all the decisions, but they didn't want any responsibility to make or to make decisions. And that that's mm. the tension that I felt. Okay. If you want to decide everything, if you want to be the great decider, then you can be the great decider. So tell me what it is you need me to do. Well, isn't this your job? It was very, very tense all the time. And I don't think we need to operate in that way. Yeah. We almost matching expectations of each other. Sure. I think the consultant relationship is different and it can be more collaborative. You learn from each other, you challenge each other. That is a much funner way to work together than just a, this is how I want it to be. Please deliver this output by this date. Yeah. You know, that kind of loses the fun for both sides, surely. And you want to create a relationship that's fun to go to work every day. Yeah. You know? We didn't start this business to be in difficult relationships. If we wanted to have like challenging dynamics, we would have stayed at the humanitarian open street map. <laughs> <laughs> uh, take that, you fuckers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm just too funny. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I swallowed some laughter. <laughs> All right. Well, don't be sick. <clears throat> yeah, I swallowed laughter. You like Becky Anderson <clears throat> on CNN, remember? Oh, yeah, she had <laughs> oh, gosh. some water Look. and then they kept going back to her. <laughs> like right now. <laughs> okay. I'm leaving all this in because it's hilarious. <laughs> okay. We started this business because we wanted to be in our values all the time. The only reason we weren't living up to our values or living up to our highest potential was because of us, as opposed to because of somebody else limiting us. I think the other thing as well is like some contracts like this, when you want to live up to your values, you're working with other people that are dependent on sure. the money we bring in. You need to live your values, but there is also like, it's not just about us as an organization. It's about the other people that we brought on to work with us. I think that's quite hard. Nice segue into the second project that we had to set a hard boundary with. This is another project that we're working on, much bigger project. We signed the contract with them and they said, actually, can you do this? And they expanded the project pretty significantly. That's great, right? More money, bigger project. Everybody gets more time. Everybody gets more money. We all get to do something cool. Great. Another project, we really believe in what it is that they're doing thematically it's very aligned to us we proposed something and they accepted a proposal on something that was really really like in line with our values once we started digging into the details of this add-on component it just wasn't really feasible in a way where we could ensure that it was going to be a quality output the more we were trying to make this thing work the worse it was getting like the more it was unraveling you know, like you were like pushing something to try and get it to fit, but it was just like fraying and falling apart and disintegrating in your hands. Yeah. I'm trying to find an analogy that fits that, but 
again. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I was, for some reason, knitting needles came into my head. <laughs> oh, like being stabbed in the eye with a knitting needle. Yeah, that's exactly what these negotiations <laughs> I mean, were. <laughs> I was going more for like trying to knit and the more you're trying to knit it, the more that's unraveling as you're knitting it together. Okay, you're knitting and then I've set the yarn on fire. <laughs> That's what it's like. Okay, fine. <laughs> the hard thing for us in that space was one saying, look, can we please, please, please just stick to the contract we signed, <laughs> which shouldn't be an unfair expectation. It means less money for us. It means less money for everybody. But ultimately, the thing that they were trying to get us to do would be extractive on communities. It would have been very poor quality. They wouldn't have been able to use the data in any reasonable way. It was basically just an exercise in them doing a particular component. Other people were recognizing that there was a problem with it, but the decision makers weren't really accepting that there was a problem. They wanted us to kind of like make it work, just make it work, just make it work, as opposed to recognizing that actually I, I can't make it work. I can do what you're asking me to do, but I don't actually want to put our company's name on it. I think, I think that's exactly it. It's that kind of transition to like, we realized that we were moving so far away from our principles of participation, inclusion into extraction that it was like, whoa, okay. We've mm. just kind of completely gone the other way. Yeah. And it almost kind of happened without us realizing until you're right. We started getting into the detail of it and it's like, oh gosh, okay. This isn't where we want to be. You know, it takes a strong person to say, you know, we're not going to do this kind of research or evaluation or whatever. We as a sector and especially in our work as consultants, it's about gathering data. And it rarely have I, even in my monitoring and evaluation, even in my monitoring and evaluation <laughs> She career, just brushed her shoulders <laughs> off, you guys. Gross. I, I've rarely heard anyone say, no, we're not going to do that. We're actually not going to collect data because it's going to cause more harm than not. Yeah. I've rarely heard anyone say that. That would be kind of amazing. <laughs> But I haven't heard anyone say that. Yeah. I mean, look, we're still going to collect data. We're just not going to do it in a way that causes harm. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and that, but, and, and uh, I mean, any component. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what they were proposing was harmful, was extractive. It's not ethical in my mind because you can't use it. You can't ask people to take an hour of their life when they could be earning for their families or whatever, or just living their life. You can't yeah. ask them for an hour of their time, their energy, whatever, and then not do anything with their data. One is just an ethical piece. Two, from a quality piece, it's just not, we weren't really willing to put our names on something like that. The more like I get into living our values and the challenges, the more I feel a bit sick about the amount of extractive data that I've been involved in. Like the amount of like communities that have just had to sit there and take in from, you know, have information taken and that's it. And that be so, so almost monotonous and, and routine, sure. you know, it's become so routine and so much part of staple delivery in our work. Yeah. It's just taken way too long for people to actually start questioning it. It was partly this evolution of people were like monitoring and evaluation. Do we need to do that? Don't know. And then it kind of like, no, everyone's doing it. And nobody stopped and said, actually, should we be doing it? I'm saying in a very broad sense, there's obviously components we should be doing, but. You know what you, uh, you sound like. Well, me in episode two. No, you sound <laughs> like um, Jeff Goldblum's character in Jurassic Park. 
when he says like, you're so preoccupied with whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. Yes. <laughs> I knew I've watched that so many times. I've basically become him. <laughs> I am Ian Markham. <laughs> and the bit where he's like, um, it's fine now, but then they're screaming <laughs> and running. <laughs> okay, can, we oh have, God, can, we, can we have that put? I think that needs to be. So- <laughs> <laughs> I think that is, yes. <laughs> that's gonna be the artwork. artwork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> that is what's happening with this project is that we're not stopping. Yeah. And it hurts. And like, I felt very anxious about having to stop it because I've effectively said, hang on, everybody stop. And that's stopping dozens of people from advancing anything, which compresses the time we have on the other end. But I think we have to stop and ask ourselves if this is right. And we know it's not right. So what's the right thing to do? What is the ethical and responsible thing to do? Like part of what it is that we're looking at is about like, do no harm, conflict sensitivity, how people are interacting in the space. And if we've got researchers and enumerators who are from the communities in which this data is being collected, it's really fucking irresponsible if we just let them go into that space or push them into that space with their communities or their wider communities to do something that's extractive and meaningless. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Because that just creates conflict with people there, right? Like it's not cool. No, I completely agree. And like the relationships with the rights holders, communities, that should be the forefront. Like, you know, how is that maintained? How is that sustained? What does that look like? When we were asked to do this, I don't think that anyone was thinking about the researchers or thinking about the communities. They There was a preoccupation with having a robust quantitative data set that they can't afford and for which what they can afford is not ethical, right? Which, which is hard. You know, I felt a lot of anxiety around that decision because, you know, pulling the contract from us is well within their contractual rights, unless you're listening to this, in which case ignore that bit. Um, yeah, I don't think they would because I have a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't think they would because there's also no time to get anybody else on board for it. It would be very extreme for them to do it, but they could if they wanted to. That would have significant financial implications for us and for our whole team. And so it is scary. Yeah. It was a scary scary. decision to make. Yeah. Really scary. Really brave. Thank you. (laughs) We made it together. Why is it so hard to do the right thing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are we living in the space where we're just like, it was really hard. And I'm like, it's really brave. And I'm like, yeah, but it's the right thing to do. Sure. I now completely take back what I said. I, it shouldn't be brave. It shouldn't be. Hey. <laughs> but it shouldn't. Like, sure. it's the right thing to do. So you do it and you challenge the situation and you say, look, you know, this is not the way we operate. This isn't how it should be done. And what's another way to do this? But this is why it's really hard to live your values, right? Is because living your values is all well and good when things are like chill and relaxed. Yeah. The hard part is when things aren't chill. The hard part is living your values when there's something to lose. Do you know what I mean? Like if I yes. don't have, there, if there's no implication to my action, then yes, I could be like participatory and like, everything is fantastic. 
milkshake and rainbows and sunshine. The problem is, is like if I have to bear a consequence, then that is when you know I'm walking the talk. Like if I'm living my values, you know it when I have something to lose. Yeah, 100 percent. And as independent, an independent company, when you're so tied to this, to clients work, it's the starkest example, I think. Sure. Because, you know, if you're an advisor in a big international governmental organization and you choose to do participatory or not, you're still going to get paid. You know, like you're you're still going to exist in that company. Donor deadlines or these kind of timeframes that really stick this, like this is the sticking point. That could be a consequence, but you know, it's not your personal livelihood and that organization can bear that issue. But I think if you're like the example within an organization is somebody who says, no, we're not going to do it that way because it's not cool. Or we're not going to do it on this timeline because this timeline is not workable. Right. Like we always say, like, stop and look at what you're doing. And is it the thing that is helpful for the people it interacts with? And as consultants, we don't always do that. As organizations, we fucking barely do that. You can do it, people. It's cool. Like what we've learned, we did a little debrief last week, the end of last week, part of our new wellness regime. We talked about one of the things we learned is that we could hold the discomfort of saying no, that's okay. Remember like all of our previous guests who were like, oh, I just remember the time when I just could pick my clients. And like, it was such a great turning point of being able to say no. Like that's what we said we were working towards. Like what we wanted, you know, eight months ago was to work to a place where we could be like, no, fuck off. It's not for us. Thanks. And now we're here. Yeah. So fuck off because that's not for us. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) No, there is huge growth in that. Huge, huge, huge. And it's kind of exciting. On one hand, it's like really scary. On one hand. On one hand. (laughs) On one hand. (laughs) I got stuck. On one hand, it's exciting. On the other hand, it's a bit scary, but together it's like, okay, what's next? Let's do this. I feel in a good place. Like we've never had an issue finding money. I mean, that's privilege, right? I think it's skill as well. I mean, yes. Okay, all right, fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we write good proposals. <laughs> <laughs> we think things through and we plan things well and we have good reputation. So yes, like, yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> we had hard times and we have, we will continue to have hard times as and when they come. But at the moment, we're in a place where we can say no because we are confident in our abilities to generate work. So watch yourselves, you motherfuckers, because we're going to clear the decks. (laughs) Hashtag inspired by Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) For me, it's just about like continuing to see opportunities to stay aligned and stay connected because that's the hardest bit. I totally agree with you. And I think like just through all of this saying no, even when you're like into the contract, you know, like, because we have talked about before in this podcast, like, how do you know? And it's that like pre bit where maybe you don't even get an interview. Maybe they just accept your proposal or maybe they just say, yeah, sure. Let's work together. You just don't really know. There are clues or signs. Maybe you look at glass door or whatever, but you know, that's not just the point in which you can stop. Like you can go into it and say, actually, this isn't going to work for me Mm. pending obviously contractual agreements, but yeah, we're, we're kind of learning and it's kind of helping us maybe even better to see the signs. Yeah. You know, like things that we should have seen and flagged. I don't think I'm better able to see the signs. I think I'm better able to respond to what I see. That's fair. Because I think. a good way to look at it. I'm pretty good at spotting a shit show. I can see it. If I have a conversation, like the first two conversations, I'm going to know. 
Because of the questions that we ask them. Yeah, no, fair, fair. You're right, you're right. Right? Like we ask yeah. them questions to work out how big a shit show they are. Yes. It's when they do something that shows me that like is a demonstration of the shit showiness. I don't always feel empowered to do something about that. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes I have to like eat that and I don't want to because health, wellness, well-being. You've changed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because before I would just complain and get angry and really annoyed and swear and stuff and I would still hold it in. Now I just take all of that and write a well-constructed email and share it with them. (laughs) So I I don't keep it. (laughs) Collective responsibility. So that is our journey, our values journey. You'll hear how this went in next week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've got some meetings coming up because they're so thirsty for us. (laughs) Stop it. Trying to get us back. (laughs) I want to see some boom boxes over the heads. That's all. You don't understand that reference because you're too young. I'll tell you later. I just want to thank you for your support. Thank you for yours. You've really helped me through a very difficult time the past couple of weeks. I met with these clients. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, obviously with the clients as well. (laughs) No, I'm right behind you with the clients. I totally agree. You know, as you say, it's holding on to that discomfort. I've embraced my white saviorism, so now I need to hold a new discomfort. And you know, this is it. So okay, yeah, doing the right thing. You mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, being brave. Okay. Um, yeah, no, doing the right thing. Yeah, well, you did. Uh, you wrote a blog about being brave. So yeah, I did. This is yeah. it. You're. This is you. You're brave. Yeah. Check that out on LinkedIn. Go stalk Lauren. Well, I'm Tia. I'm Lauren. And this has been The Journey to Transformation. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Journey to Transformation. Leave us a five-star rating and a written review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Journey to Transformation is written and edited by us, Tia Rogers and Lauren Burrows. Our music comes from Praz Canal.